I lost so much blood. And because of those blood donations, that's why I'm here today. Blood donors are the first first responders. Without them, it's true, I wouldn't be here. I'm alive because of people who donated blood. When I found out that my donation helped to save a life from the pulse, it really, really made it real. Finding out months later that my blood actually went to a survivor was amazing. Those are the voices of people who survived one of the nation's worst mass shootings, as well as blood donors who helped save their lives. Hi, I'm Pat Michaels. And I'm Susan Forbes. It's been six years since the Pulse nightclub tragedy unfolded in Orlando, Florida. 49 people were killed and dozens more injured. Today, we're taking you behind the scenes of One Blood, as well as the trauma center that treated many of the victims, for a first-hand account of what was taking place to save the lives of the Pulse survivors. Along the way, you'll hear more from some of the Pulse survivors, and you'll hear emotional interviews with blood donors who donated before the tragedy, and their reactions when they learn how they're forever connected to saving Pulse survivors. A lot to cover in this episode, and we're going to start inside Orlando Regional Medical Center. It's Orlando's only level one trauma center, and the scene of where many of the people injured at Pulse were taken. Dr. Michael Cheatham takes us back to what was happening as dozens of victims were rushed to the trauma center. They were bleeding to death, and so our first priority is to stop the bleeding so that they're not losing blood anymore, and then we have to replace the blood that they have lost. It's a matter of minutes. If we don't get blood into some of these patients in the first minute, they will die. But we had one patient who in the first 24 hours required over 200 units of blood. And luckily we have a refrigerator full of blood right here in the trauma bay so that we can immediately get blood and literally in 20 seconds uh, be giving life-saving blood to a patient. We ended up transfusing 441 units of blood uh, just that morning. 441 units of blood being transfused in 24 hours at one hospital is extraordinary and not a normal occurrence. No, it is not. And Nurse Libby Brown was among the nurses there that night helping to save the victims and says those first few hours were filled with a constant rush to get more blood to the bedside of the injured. Everybody you know, had these huge wounds and, you know, all we could do was try to control the bleeding, which seemed almost impossible. I just remember hearing relentlessly throughout the night is hearing my fellow nurses and everybody saying, we need blood, get me some blood, get me some blood, get me some blood. Does anybody go to the core, get more blood? That's all we had to do to help these people because that's what they needed so very desperately. We had gone through it so quickly, it was already gone. One of my good friends, she even ran upstairs screaming that we needed more blood. And then she came back down with two handfuls. And then we just kept going from there because we needed, we needed more. We were so helpless that night, I don't know what we would have done if we would not have had that, that blood. We felt very helpless and very overwhelmed and very scared but I would not have wanted to imagine that night if we would have ran out of blood. I just, it's hard enough to think about it, it is, but I would never want to think about it without, without blood. It's such a chilling account of what was unfolding. And as the race to save lives was on at the trauma center, an incredible scene was also playing out just a few miles away, right here at One Blood. 
And Susan, that bell is a familiar sound in One Blood's distribution area. Distribution is where blood products are packed up and sent on their way to hospitals. And every time an order is placed, the team in distribution is alerted by that bell. One Blood services hundreds of hospitals, and orders come in around the clock, 24-7, 365 days a year. It never stops. We've been in that room, and we can tell you that bell is dinging on a regular basis. But in the early morning hours of June 12, 2016, a more intense scene was developing inside One Blood's distribution room. Alicia Pritchard, Senior Vice President of Biologics and Laboratories at One Blood, picks up the story from here and describes the scenario that began to unfold in distribution on this fateful night. All the orders from our agency were coming ding, 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 ding. It's that. And at the same time, we started calling people to come in. The first reaction was to give them as much blood as they needed, because I don't know where this is going to stop. Or is this just one event, or is it going to be more? Is this a terrorist attack? I mean, we didn't really know anything, right? The stress level of the team, knowing that there's something happening in a hospital is huge. Orlando Regional Medical Center was going through their blood supply so fast, they were in urgent need of more. And the One Blood distribution team was moving at lightning speed, packing up hundreds of units of blood. And couriers were standing by to rush the blood to the trauma center. They actually ended up making eight life-saving trips just that night. Now, keep in mind, all of this was playing out in the middle of the night. So it wasn't until the morning that news of the tragedy began to make headlines. And that's when another remarkable scene played out as thousands of blood donors lined up to give blood. I remember it well, Pat. A sea of blood donors formed. And in that moment, blood donation became an avenue for people to help. I think it's important that we, the whole community comes together and tries to help out where it's needed. Trying to do my part in order to help those who were affected and trying to help the victims, their families, whatever I can do. I, I'm just overwhelmed by just the outpour of uh, people coming here you know, today to do this. It was an incredible act of humanity that unfolded before our eyes. Blood donation really became a symbol of a city standing united. It really did. And all those people helped replenish the blood supply in record time. But Susan, there's another side to this story that you and I couldn't help think about on the day of that tragedy. I often refer to them as the first first responders. And when I say that, I'm referring to the blood donors who came in to donate when there was no tragedy. People who made the decision to donate just a few days before the Pulse tragedy, never knowing an event like this was going to happen. You know, their decision to donate is what ensured blood was available when those victims arrived at ORMC. Their donations were among the units being packed up and rushed to the trauma center in the middle of the night. The public and the media didn't know who these people were. Nobody realized what they had done, how crucial of a role they played in saving the lives of the Pulse survivors. And Pat and I actually tracked some of them down to let them know their blood donation that they had made just a few days prior had saved a Pulse survivor. Susan, that's right. And they were overcome with emotion when we shared the news with them. When I found out that my donation helped to save a life from the Pulse, it really, really made it real. It like connected the dots because I've done it several times. I've taken my daughter with me where she saw me doing it before she was of age and now she does it. 
and you tell yourself you saved, you know, oh, I'm helping three people. But when I was told specifically that I saved a life from the pulse, that's what made it real. And it made me excited and looking forward to the next time that red bus was at my job, that I was gonna make certain that I was there. There's nothing I think greater than to think that something you did saved someone's life, is allowing them to see their family again, to play with their children, you know, to, to just live. That's like the ultimate. Uh, I got a call from one bud telling me about this and I was driving. I had to pull over to process uh, what I'd heard. It's hard to hear it because it brings everything back. As far as what I, I had done, you know, it was as simple as, as making a bank deposit. It was as simple as dropping off an envelope at the post office. You don't think that that thing is gonna, uh, you don't think that that thing is gonna impact someone in the way that it does. It's still difficult to put into words of, of, of the thoughts that went through my head um, and trying to piece it all together that somehow something that I did that was so insignificant was so important to somebody else. Finding out months later that my blood actually went to a survivor was amazing because it, it really solidified that I was a part of something bigger, you know, as far as donating blood. My blood saved somebody's life that could have been lost that night. It, it's unthinkable. I mean, when you find out something you know, as simple as your blood saved somebody's life in a tragedy like that is amazing. Pat, I will never forget making those calls and sharing the news with the donors. And they brought me to tears with each call. And I remember talking with one of the donors. He donated a few days before the Pulse tragedy, and his donation did help a Pulse survivor. And he said when he saw what happened at Pulse, he wanted to do something to help, not realizing he already had. Such powerful words, and it underscores why we have to be proactive when it comes to blood donation. Actions you take today can end up saving a life. So what about the survivors who were on the receiving end of those transfusions? Where are they now, and how have their lives progressed? We sat down with four of them, and they are incredible people. Each of them suffered catastrophic injuries, and they fought their way back. What they endured is beyond comprehension, and their determination to persevere is inspiring. We begin with Ilka. She received 11 blood transfusions, and since the tragedy, she got married and had a baby. I come a long way. Um, I'm so thankful. I thank God every day, every morning, for giving me this opportunity to live again. Um, I'm just thankful for all the donors, everything. I wouldn't be sitting here right now. Um, I'm happy married. I have a son. And it's just, like I said, my life is being a blessing. Some people don't know, but I have, I have metal in my body. You know, I, I was so weak since, you know, everything that happened. And if I see myself now, it's just completely another person, you know. That's why I define myself like a Wonder Woman, because I feel a lot of stronger, healthy, positive, and happy. I'm okay with myself, you know, and I love myself. 
and I'm not afraid anymore. I see myself every day, I see all my scarves, and I'm like, wow. So yeah, it's never gonna go away. It happens for a reason, but I'm glad and I'm thankful that I'm here. You know, and now I have a, a new life, which is my son and my wife, and besides my family and my friends. All those blood donors, they can help you and save your life. I wish more people were donate blood every day. Another survivor, Angel Colon, has also come a long way since that night in 2016. He also received multiple blood transfusions. And a few years after the tragedy, he is living his dream of becoming a recording artist. Every time I wake up, I, I'm so grateful for life. I did go through times where I was like, this is hard. This is hard going through my surgeries, having PTSD, you know, I, um, there were times where I'm like, why am I alive? You know, having the survivor's guilt. And, uh, you know, but that thought, I kept on telling myself, you have a, s a second chance in life. You have a second chance in life, take it. Every time I share my story, I always share that. I lost so much blood. And because of those blood donations, that's why I'm here today. So that's why we are in need of donations 24-7, because you don't know what can happen. A lot of positive stuff have, happen have happened in my life. Uh, my spiritual grounding has helped me a lot. I'm in church, I'm, I sing, I'm the worship leader at church. I have a song out uh, called I Can't Help Myself, uh, which it came out during COVID. Thank you for never leaving me. It's actually something that I've been wanting to do. Ever since I was a child, I always used to sing. And um, and I always wanted to record a song and do all this stuff. But now getting the chance to do it, I said, Angel, now is your chance. Do it. And and I did it. So now it's weird to see myself on YouTube, see myself on Spotify, on Apple. And uh, But, you know, the response of the song has been amazing. I wanted something that would be able to uplift people. It's a, it's a happy song, uh, you know, that even, even going through hard times, even going through a pandemic, I can say thank you because I'm alive, because I'm here. You will find happiness in life. You will find positivity in life. Move forward, you can get through it. You can get through it. And most importantly, donate blood. Donate blood. We also spoke with Tony, another Pulse survivor, who's grateful to the blood donors who helped save his life. I am living my life to the fullest. I'm alive because of people who donated blood. And that's huge. Thanks to what you did. You gave me the opportunity to continue going in this life when I thought that I was a goner. Do you think of those donors often, I imagine? I think about them. Like, it's just, again, the, the, the realization of, like, I wouldn't be here. If that blood wasn't available at the moment that I needed it, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be here talking to you. They saved a lot of us, and we owe them our lives, <laughs> like, literally. They are real-life heroes. Without the supply of blood that was available that week, that day, that specific moment, nothing would have, nothing would have worked. The name is One Blood. We're all one blood. Just donate. Donate blood, save a life, be a hero. And then there's Jeff. Jeff is another pole survivor who needed more than 40 blood transfusions. That means more than 40 blood donors helped save his life. He endured more than a dozen surgeries and is a living miracle. 
Today, he's living his dream of traveling the world. I did a DNA test. Most people get three to four results, and I ended up getting like 20. My thing was that I, I had made a mission to visit every country that's in my DNA. So I figured I'd, I'd start traveling the world, and I just got back from Egypt. So that was exciting. <laughs> it's number one on my bucket list, and I'm glad I was able to do it, and it was amazing. It's something that I didn't think I'd be able to do after what happened. It's been a long, long, long uh, road of healing. I'm still healing. We have to push through. Um, it's, it's the only way it's to get your mind off things and to keep pushing forward, to keep moving forward. Blood donors play a big role in, in letting you be able to be with us here today. I think about them often. Uh, I do, and I'm grateful to them for having donated. I don't think a lot of people know the importance of, of blood donation. I learned through this process that I have a voice and I feel I have to share my message and use my voice to share that message with the world. A lot of times people donate blood and they don't know where it goes. And uh, little do they know that, you know, every single time that's gonna go to help save someone's life. I'm living proof miracles can happen, you know, when, when people donate. Jeff, Ilka, Tony, and Angel all alive today because of the selfless act of blood donors. The main message here is don't wait for a tragedy to donate blood. If you donate each time you are eligible, you will be making a tremendous impact in your community and ensuring a ready blood supply is available at all times. We actually turn this entire story into a documentary. If you want to watch it, you can find it on Amazon Prime Video. It's called Lifeline, the untold story of saving the pulse survivors. We shared some excerpts of the documentary on this podcast, but there's a lot more to the story, including a reunion with some of the pulse survivors with the actual blood donors who helped save their lives. It's a powerful and eye-opening story, and we hope you'll check it out. That's it for this episode of the Share Your Power podcast. Thank you for joining us, and we'll see you next time.